Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Emotions like anger and jealousy and envy and hatred and a desire for revenge. Those are all the seeds of murder. And so Jesus says, if you have those things in your heart, you've committed murder. You just haven't acted on those feelings outwardly, but you, you are murdering in your heart. James talks about how we can murder with our words. And what we say about people who are made in the image of God, James says. Jesus holds your thoughts and words in the same standing as your actions. In today's teaching, Pastor Dan will continue to unpack the Sixth Commandment and show listeners why Jesus cares most about the heart. It is within the heart that evil feelings can begin and often lead to sin. We must guard our hearts and minds, constantly filling ourselves with the things of God to protect us from evil. Have you allowed the enemy to bring bad thoughts to your mind? Ask the Lord to cleanse you today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Acts chapter 17 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God is the sustainer of life. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. In him we live and move and have our being. God is the one who sustains life. Reason number three why murder is wrong. Only God can take a life. Only God can take a life. Only he has the authority, I should say, to take a life. No one else has that authority. It's only an authority that God possesses. And Job chapter 1, verse 21, you, you know this verse very well. Job said, after, after losing his possessions and losing his children, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord what? Has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job understood the sovereignty of God. Only God has the sovereignty to take my children from me. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so a murderer takes an authority that belongs to God only when they take a life. Only God has that authority. And the fourth reason why murder is wrong and and the most important reason is we are made in the image of God. Every human being is made in the image of God. And because they are made in the image of God, every human being has value and worth and purpose, no matter who they are or where they're from or where they live or their ethnicity or their ability or inability or disability. Every single person has value because God created them in his own 
image. And so when someone murders another person, they are murdering an image bearer of God. They are murdering the image of God. An image bearer that God created, that he he put his image on them and he loves them and Jesus died for them. And so murder is an assault against God. It's an assault against God, ultimately. Turn with me over to Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9. And God tells us very plainly here. Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. He's saying if someone murders another person, that person should be put to death for murder. And the reason is for in the image of God, he made man. And so this is a a big offense against God to murder. Because you're killing someone that he created in his own image. And so he says that that murderer should be put to death for killing a human that was made in the image of God. Of God. This is why murder is, is wrong. In the image of God, he made man. He didn't make animals in the image of God. He made mankind in the image of God. Now, how does this sixth commandment apply to today? How is it relevant today? You shall not murder. How is it relevant in our culture? Well, go back to Exodus chapter 20. And remember the first commandment of the Ten Commandments. The first commandment is the foundational commandment of all of the other commandments. And what is the first commandment? You shall have no other God before me. And that is the foundation for all the other commandments. Remember, Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments in two statements. You shall love God and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the reason we love our neighbor is because we love God. And it's our love for God that motivates us to love our neighbor. That love for our neighbor comes from our love for God. So how does this fit into our culture today? Well, think about the culture you live in. Our society has rejected God. Our society has rejected God's word and God's commandments and God's standards. And as a result, our society puts a very, very low value on human life. God is the one who gives life value. He's the one who gives human life value and worth and purpose. Our society has rejected God. And so it places a low value on human life. And our society has replaced God and his word with evolutionary theory. And what is called secular humanism which says essentially that we're just here by random chance and your life is the result of random evolutionary processes. Your life is just an accident. You're here by accident and your life has no meaning. Your life has no purpose and your life has no value. You're just an evolved animal. And when you die, that's it. There's nothing after death. There's nothing beyond the grave. Ideas have consequences. And so we have a low value on human life. And so we have a lot of murder in our society. They're connected. Over 20,000 people are murdered every year in the United States. 
we've abandoned God. And so we no longer value human life because God's the one who gives value to human life. Murder is a spiritual issue. It is a spiritual issue. It's not a political issue that can be solved by, you know, more legislation. It's a spiritual issue that's solved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And teaching the Bible and giving people a biblical worldview so they understand that people are created in the image of God and therefore have value and worth and purpose in God's eyes. So what are some of the ways this first commandment is violated? Well, suicide. Suicide is a form of murder. It's a form of self-murder. It violates the sixth commandment. Again, God is the author of life. And God is the only one with the authority to take life. There are 47,000 suicides a year in the United States. It's almost twice as many of, of the number of murders in our, in our nation. Now, let me say, too, that suicide is not the unforgivable sin. Rejecting Jesus Christ is the only unforgivable sin because you're rejecting the only way of salvation that God has provided. So it's not the unforgivable sin. But suicide is a form of self-murder. It's a very uh, selfish act. And life doesn't end when you die. And if you die apart from Christ... You're separated from him for all eternity. And even if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I wouldn't want suicide to be the last thing I do before I see Jesus Christ face to face. And the solution is never to break one of God's commandments. It's never the solution that God's going to provide for us. And I would say if you're here and you struggle with suicidal thoughts, you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ if you haven't. Get with other people in the church. Ask them to pray with you. Ask them to come alongside you. Get professional help if you need professional help for that. Uh, but self-murder self is not the answer. Abortion is another way that we as a society violate the sixth commandment. Abortion is murder. It's not the unforgivable sin. Jesus Christ will forgive you. Jesus Christ will cleanse you. And remember, the purpose of the law is to drive us to Jesus Christ for salvation. The law is like a mirror. It shows us our sins so that we turn to Christ for forgiveness and salvation. And Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. And if you have a broken heart over that decision, Jesus Christ can heal your broken heart. But there are approximately a million abortions every year. In our country. And those are human beings that are created in God's image. And they have personhood. And they have a soul. And they have a spirit. From the moment of conception. They have their own DNA. And so in one year in the United States. We abort more babies than all the soldiers killed. And all the wars our country has fought in. Since the American Revolution to the present day. Just want to read a couple verses for you. Uh, Psalm 139, these are verses that are probably familiar to you. Psalm 139, verse 13. Listen to what David says in the Psalms. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made and secret, David says. Speaking of his formation in the womb and his development in the womb, he says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, it wasn't hidden from you. You saw me in my mother's womb when you created me, when I developed. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Over in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before, listen to this, before I formed you, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. There the Lord says, I knew you before I even formed you in the womb. And God says, I I set your life apart while you were still in the womb. I sanctified your life and I ordained you to be a prophet for me to the nations before you were even born. God already had a plan. Even before he created Jeremiah in the womb, even before conception, God knew him. And God already knew the plan that he had for Jeremiah. Over in the New Testament, in Luke chapter 1, in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, uh, this is when Mary, the mother of Jesus, goes to visit Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And Elizabeth is pregnant. She's, you know, weeks into her pregnancy with John the Baptist, Mary's pregnant with Jesus. And it says in verse 39, Luke chapter 1, verse 39, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist leaped in her womb, rejoiced when he came into the presence of his creator and savior, Jesus Christ. John the Baptist recognized his creator, Jesus, while he was still in the womb. You know, when God chose to come down into this world and step down into humanity and became a man, he chose to enter humanity through conception in a womb. And go through the stages of development in the womb, in the womb of of Mary. Nine months of pregnancy. And by doing so, God sanctifies life in the womb. As you know, there are people in our society that are militant about the right to abortion. Listen, I, I, I want to be as clear as I can be on this. Abortion is murder. And it is an offense to God. 
And as a Christian, you cannot support abortion. You know, people make all the, these different arguments. Well, the, uh, the baby's not fully developed. Well, a two-year-old's not fully developed. A 14-year-old's not fully developed, for that matter. There's some 25-year-olds that aren't fully developed. So another way that this sixth commandment plays into our day-to-day and in our culture today is uh, through the issue of euthanasia. Euthanasia also violates the sixth commandment. In the Netherlands, and, you know, it's coming here. It's coming here. It's here, uh, but it's coming here to a greater degree. In the Netherlands, it's now legal to euthanize any person at any point in their life from birth. So it's not, we're not just talking about like elderly people uh, who, who are terminally ill and have already lived their whole life. And now you're showing compassion to them. In the Netherlands now, you can euthanize an infant or four-year-old or five-year-old or a ten-year-old at any point in their life. And the interesting thing, too, is, you know, there's a lot of things. In the Netherlands, it's mostly family members who are requesting that their family member be euthanized. It's not the person who is sick or terminally ill. It's the family and the doctors coming alongside this person to pressure them. The family wants it. You know, during World War II, when the Nazis occupied the Netherlands, the Nazis ordered Dutch doctors to not treat uh, the terminally ill and the elderly. And the Dutch doctors refused to obey the order of the Nazis and treated the elderly and the terminally ill to preserve their life at great personal risk. And a generation later, Dutch doctors are now willing to end the life of anybody at any point who is terminally ill. Just takes a generation for everything to change. Now, I will say there is a difference between terminating treatment and terminating life. You know, someone that is terminally ill or elderly and chooses to terminate the treatment. They are really, in a sense, putting their life in God's hands and allowing God to make the final decision about their life of how much longer they live and, and, and when they die. That is different from terminating life. And taking God's authority into your own hands to end the life. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Look at what Jesus says here. Matthew chapter 5. Verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you. So here's Jesus's interpretation of the sixth commandment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. 
Jesus says the law applies to your heart, not just your external actions, but your heart. And he says, if you have been angry in your heart at someone, you're guilty of murder and you're guilty of breaking the sixth commandment because murder actually begins in the heart. Emotions like anger and jealousy and envy and hatred and a desire for revenge. Those are all the seeds of murder. And so Jesus says, if you have those things in your heart, you've committed murder. You just haven't acted on those feelings outwardly, but you, you are murdering in your heart. James talks about how we can murder with our words. And what we say about people who are made in the image of God, James says. First John chapter 3, verse 15 says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. Now, and I promise we're about finished. We're all guilty, aren't we? If that's the standard. What does that prove? It proves that there's none righteous, no, not one. That we're all guilty before God. And we're all murderers at heart, if not by our outward actions. Let me say, you know, Moses was a murderer. And he wrote the Ten Commandments. He wrote the law. David was a murderer. Paul was a murderer. So what do you do? Well, what do you do if if you've ever done some of the things we talked about tonight or you've had anger in your heart, jealousy, envy, hatred, a desire for revenge? Well, you repent. And you confess your sin. First John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and then cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness, whatever it may be. Maybe maybe you've you've had an abortion or maybe you have. You know, done other things. Maybe you've murdered somebody. The actual act. Well, you confess your sins. And he's faithful to forgive you and cleanse you. This is why Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross for our sins so that he could take away our sins. And as David wrote in the Psalms, after he committed adultery with Bathsheba and after he arranged for the murder of Bathsheba's husband, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Right? And God did. Right? That prayer of confession. You know, create in me a clean heart, O God, and restore a right spirit within me. My spirit's not right. Lord, I've got anger in my heart. I've got bitterness. I desire revenge against that person for what they did to me. Give me a right heart and a steadfast spirit. Within me, Lord. That was David's prayer. And guess what? If you pray that, he will. He'll give you a clean heart. He'll give you a steadfast spirit. Because that's what he does. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you came for people like us. And you died on the cross for people like us. Who are murderers in different ways, Lord. And we're thankful for your cross. We thank you for your forgiveness and your salvation that you provide to us, Lord. We thank you that you give us a clean heart and a fresh start with you. And that you remove all of our sins as far as the east is from the west. And you remember our sins no more. We thank you that you've taken everything that was against us and you nailed it to the cross. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to Ring of Truth today. My days are filled with so much activity from sunup to sundown, it's no wonder I feel used up and exhausted by the end of it. Have you been there? Pastor Dan Sexton in this radio ministry aims to change that by bringing you the refreshing Word of God. It's a strong, sturdy foundation to build your day on. Friends, you may be busier than you like, but there is also rest and peace to be found in Scripture. The question is, will you take a moment to utilize the many avenues we have on our website, calvaryec.com, to soak in the truth of His Word? We promise your life will be better for it because we serve a faithful God who hasn't left you. Would you like to hear more messages like this one? Visit calvaryec.com and click on the media tab to get started with all the latest verse-by-verse teachings from Pastor Dan. Ring of Truth is a ministry coming to you from Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. If you're in the area, won't you look us up? Our doors are open to everyone, including you. We'd appreciate the opportunity to encourage you on your faith journey. We're a community committed to sharing Jesus wherever life takes us. If you don't know our exact location and are unsure of our Sunday service times, you'll find all that information at calvaryec.com. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Well, that wraps it up for today. Thanks for listening. Come back for more faith building here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and will I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.